Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. The How to Trade It podcast is all about making our listeners successful at trading. When you listen to real people sharing their stories of how they overcame their own trading failures, it connects you to a level of enlightenment that you can't get from education alone. These stories contain wisdom and actionable tips that will make you a better trader. Listen to each episode and become the successful trader that you want to be on the How to Trade It podcast. Hello, traders. This is Casey Stubbs with a new episode of the How to Trade It podcast. And today I am especially pleased to have Andrea Unger, who is the president of the Unger Academy, and he's the only person who has won the World Cup trading champion four times. So, Andrea, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Casey, for inviting me, and uh, welcome everybody here listening to me. Excellent. Well, I'm really excited because this is the first time and obviously, the, because you're the only person to win the championship four times, but this is quite an honor. Tell me a little bit about the World Cup Trading Championship. The championships competitions with real money, which is very important, first of all, because you have to put your own money into the game. And the second bad news is they are lasting a full year. And a year is incredibly long when you have to compete in something. So you open an account and uh, you trade from January to December normally. And the one getting to the end with the highest percentage performance in his or her account is the winner. That is quite extraordinary. What was your performance when you won? Well, that was very different throughout the years. Um, in 2008, it was a very volatile year. I ended up with uh, 672%. And the competition. So I started with $15,100 and I ended up with over $119,700, something like that. But the next year I totalized a much smaller performance with just 115%. And it was about 240% in the third year, which is a very good performance as well. And then the last competition I won was only three months long because it came after uh, bad experience with the bankruptcy of the PFG Best Broker. So that interrupted the competition. And to, let's say, restart the whole thing, they organized last quarter competition. And that's what I participated to. And they won that with 82%. So that was only three months, as said. So the company that was running the championship, the broker, they went out of business? The broker they were using among the others, the company running the, the organization of the competition is a sort of an introducing broker and they rely on different brokers. That year they were cooperating with this uh, broker, PFG Best, and uh, all of a sudden it uh, came out that there was some fraud in the, in the numbers they were running. 
And this led to the immediate interruption of a competition, but also of all the trading activity on the accounts, not only the ones in the competition. And there was then a class action. We recovered some of our money, but not all the money. So I still <laughs> lost a lot of money with that event. Wow. So I guess that's a good lesson about diversification for a trader to have money in different accounts. Yes and no. I mean, yes, for sure, because if you are in different brokers, it's mostly unlikely that all of them go nuts together. But on the other side, when you distribute your account or your capital on different brokers, you end up having smaller accounts and you cannot trade them effectively because you would probably take excessive risk on each of them. Of course, I trade starting from a perspective of risk and potential losses, so I try to minimize them and I size my positions accordingly. If my account is small, it's very hard to protect a decent percentage of that money because any percentage would still be a bit small. So it's harder to trade with smaller accounts. Of course, it depends on how small you intend. If you have a million dollars and you distribute it over three brokers, you are still fine because $340,000 are a good amount to trade off. I see. That makes a lot of sense. Now, with these four different championships, were you trading the same methodology every time that you won? I use the same approach, which is an, an automated approach, which is my approach. To tell the truth, I started trading the first championships in 2008 in February. I started one month later with a complete, not really complete, but with a discretionary approach. I was sort of spread trading between the index futures of Italy and Germany, the DAX and the FIB. And that was a discretionary strategy, yet with some indicators to help. And I got a very good month. I got, uh, I think, about 46% performance in one month, which was excellent, also considering that the commissions in the competition are very high. So that was a very good performance. But I decided to switch to automated trading, which I was doing already on my main account, because that single month of discretionary trading killed me from a stress point of view. I was so full of stress. I was really destroyed. And I understood I couldn't last like that for the coming 10 months. So I decided to use the same approach I was using for my trading. The only difference was that I was trading strategies, which I chose from my portfolio, and I was trading them with a higher level of risk, just because, as I said, the account in the competition was a smaller account than the one I trade for a living, $15,000, I said. And uh, I said, I believe in automated trading. It's the solution I looked for, and it's the solution to all my problems, depending on stress in decisions and so on. So why shouldn't I do the same also in the competition? I did. And in two days, I lost all the money I made in the previous month. But uh, I stick to it. I mean, I said, okay, it can happen. It's something that can happen. Not all the days are winners, of course. And I will still go on. And then, okay, it went in the right direction. But it was not the best start in the world, let's say, <laughs> because there were very bad days. And it was frustrating because I got an excellent month with a discretionary approach, and then all of a sudden I lost all the gain in two days. But I stick to it and say, okay, I don't want to change. I believe in this, and uh, I was right in believing in it. Was the automated trading strategy based off of the same strategy you were using when you were discretionary trading? No, absolutely not. On discretionary trading, I was following some indications, I said with indicators uh, telling me the difference in moves, uh, relative move between one index and the other. But I was more trading uh, out of uh, that feeling. 
I just said, I feel now we should turn around something like that. The automated trading I use and I suggest to use is something that was born on its own. It comes on its own and it grows on its own because normally with my experience, but I think I have some years of experience now, when you try to translate a discretionary approach into an automated trading strategy, you end up getting nowhere. In some cases, you feel you are not able to translate all the human decisions made during the process. On the other side, if you are able to code your setups or your approach, and then you can backtest what you are doing, what is that? It's not making money. At least it's not making money you felt it should make. And it's frustrating because all of a sudden you start questioning your approach and you say, oh, it's not as good as I thought. So you start doubting about either your approach or the translation you made into automated trading. So my approach to trading is I want to use numbers to study the markets. I want to study the behavior of markets, simulated trading. For example, what if I enter long every Wednesday when I have a breakout of a high of Monday? That's just a stupid example. I simulate this. I write the code of this entry. I then add an exit or some exits and I test. Is it making money or not? If it makes money, it's something that's promising and I can work on it. If not, I just drop it and think about something else. But measuring the results directly with a trading hypothesis helps enormously because if they work, you have already a strategy. Some people study econometrics and complicated things, which are absolutely fine, but they are really complicated. Sometimes you need a PhD to understand them. And not only... Once you have a final data, positive data, whatever they are, then you still have to take an interpretation of this data, put it at work to build a strategy. Now I know what happens. Now, how can I take advantage of this? This is the process. While if you test directly a strategy, a trading method, once you see it works or it worked because you are testing very fast, you can immediately put it at work as is because it's already a strategy to be done. Just to give you an example, which is a bit different. You want uh, to lose weight, okay? And you study, you, you, are, you are smiling, I saw you. <laughs> I'm yeah, not, uh, I, I was not looking at you, weight. it was just a general example. It's not a hypothetical situation. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's valid for me too. In any case, so one thing is uh, you start trying uh, different approaches to food and you see what works. Or you remember when you were not eating a cake at night and you were not putting three spoons of sugar into a cup of coffee, you were losing weight, so you have a back test. It worked. You already know what you have to do. But if you start studying all the biology of your body and all the mechanisms of digestion and so, you might get very useful and certainly valuable information. But then how can you use them? Then you still have to find some way to use the information you just gathered to build a diet or something like that, which is for specialists, not for us. I mean, not for me at least. But if you know what you did and what worked, you can apply it. That's the same in trading. Yeah, that's a good analogy because we don't necessarily need to know all the functions and all that. We just need to know the steps to take. Exactly. And so with that being said, when you got started with the automated trading, did you write the programs yourself? I did, and it was a disaster because, first of all, I'm not a programmer. I was not, and I'm still not a programmer. And at the very start, I started in a completely wrong way because I believed I could build the best strategy in the world, simply mixing up all the possible indicators out there, all the material that we got from technical analysis, for example. 
And uh, I thought I was smart enough to find the right way to mix it up. And either I wasn't smart enough or there is no smart way to put them together. And then I changed my approach thanks to a friend, Domenico Forti, who just showed me a very simple way to build strategies. He just said, don't try and go that way. Just make an hypothesis of a very simple approach. Write a code where you buy at the breakout of a high and you sell short at the breakout of a low. Imagine then to close at the end of the day and put some filtering conditions into the trade. So for example, I'm trading only if yesterday was a narrow range day, for example, compared to the previous days, just to give you a stupid example. Or I'm entering long only if yesterday was a down day, the close was smaller than the close of the day before. Putting all these conditions together, I was really, for the first time, able to see growing equity lines. And they were so simple. So I was able to code them because the concept was very simple. The rules to write down could be learned in, I don't say 10 minutes, but 15 minutes maybe, because they were really very simple. And once you know them, you can go on. And that's where it all started. Then obviously I refined this approach. I enhanced all the, the list of possible filtering conditions to put in the middle. I changed also the entering rules to have different approaches. This I just mentioned was a very simple breakout strategy, a trend following, but I also built then a counter trend strategies where you buy the dips and you sell the highs. I was looking for the best conditions to do so and the best markets to do so because from my experience, most of the markets are behaving in a different way. Each market has a different identity and testing this way, you can discover the different identities because you see the different results. And, oh, look, mean S&P is working very well for a mean reverting approach, while the DAX future is much better on a trend following approach, for example. Hello, this is Casey, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. Now, with the automated strategy, if you have a simple strategy that you code and it begins to work for some time, let's say you have a good month or so, and then all of a sudden the strategy starts to have a performance drop, and then you give up all your gains the next month, what's the best way to handle that? Because I've heard a lot of people say they have trouble with automated strategies because they have a hard time finding something that's consistent. Yes, consistency is a problem which is more is affected by two main issues. The first is the efficiency of markets, the more efficient markets are, the more likely your approach and your model will keep on working because those efficient markets most probably won't change that much in their behavior. 
it's like a grown-up man and you know what to expect from that person, okay? While a young boy might change his mind depending on the companies he is dating or things like that. And the second problem is overfitting, the way we build our strategies. And if we put too many rules and too many constraints in the strategies, we build up something which looks beautiful in the past, but just because we tailor-suited it on the past data. And obviously, this is very dangerous because most likely in the future, the behavior will be a bit different. So there is no single method. There is no unique method. It's important. We mentioned automated trading. I would better say algorithmic trading because we say algorithmic trading intending that we measure things. We measure with numbers what is going on. So we have to build our expectations out of a strategy. And we have to measure this. So we say, okay, this strategy made so and so much with so and so much drawdown. And then you have just to make a decision and say, if for some reason in the next year, the drawdown will exceed this or that threshold, I will decide to stop the strategy. Personally, on single strategies, it's no longer my case today because now I have a, a wide portfolio. But when I was dealing with single strategies, I was taking them on a single contract base and I was imagining the distribution of drawdown after a Monte Carlo simulation. So I was scrambling up all the trades, the history. I was building new histories. And then I was building the average drawdown and standard deviations of it. And when the strategy live trading was exceeding two standard deviations above the maximum drawdown, that was my decision to stop it. But this is just an example. You can also, I can tell you, Brent Penfold, which is a very good trader from Australia, he is stopping strategies when they exceed 70% of their maximum historical drawdown. This sounds crazy. Normally we say twice as much. He's stopping at 70% because he believes that when the strategy goes in the direction of a maximum drawdown, it's better to stop it. And guess what? That works. He got good results doing so. So that's another way to do it. So there is no unique way, but it's important we have a way, and this is decided before entering the market. We have to know in advance what we're going to do if things go wrong. So you're saying that when you have an automated strategy, you have to already know it's automated, but you have to make decisions about your account in advance so you know what to do with that automated strategy if certain things happen. This is valid in trading, whatever you do. You must have a plan. You must plan in advance what you want to do, if, whatever. In automated trading, of course, you have strategies. Today, it's a bit different because I have many strategies, over 300, and it's difficult to apply the single strategy analysis on each of them, of course. So today, a different approach, but it's still measured on performance of the single strategies. We have a software, Titan, a proprietary software, which as an input gets fitted with all the performance of strategies and then build sort of a ranking of the strategies where the best performing are on top of it and then blah, 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 so down under. And um, we have also filtering conditions where we say, we use a strategy, it must have the last uh, nine months of positive results, but also the last two months. The last two months must be in average better than the average of the last nine months. So we have sort of a momentum in performance of the strategies. All these rules together and some others, of course, anybody can also add other different rules, build a list of the strategies to use for the next month. Today, every first Saturday of a month, I run the software 
and I get the list of strategies to put live for the coming month with the number of contracts for each. So you vary the amount of money that you apply to each strategy based off of the past performance and you're always adjusting that. Not really. It's more an on-off thing. If a strategy is good, it will work. If it's bad, it stops at least for a month or two. If it works, it's treated like all the other strategies. So every strategy has a specific amount of money depending on the way it trades, the risks it takes. And specifically, in my case, the worst day of that strategy. I measure the worst day that the strategy experienced with a single contract, and that is my worst case scenario. On that, I limit the number of contracts depending on the impact I want to, this to, to avoid, let's say. So I say uh, 1.25% has to be the maximum I want to lose if that worst case comes back tomorrow in my strategy. And the only limitation that might come out additional to this is if we have strategies which are highly correlated in their profit and loss history. So if on a daily basis we notice that two or more strategies tend to perform in the same direction, let's say they tend to win together or lose together, then we might decide that these strategies are too much correlated and we might decide to apply to each of them a correcting factor, decreasing the number of contracts that come out from the first calculation. We're taking a short two-minute break for a hand-picked message from our sponsor, DreamTrades.com. This is a special offer available only for the listeners of the How to Trade It podcast. Do you have a plan for your financial future? Do you have enough money for the things you need to do? I bet if you're like most people, you don't have enough money saved for retirement right now. Am I right? Well, investing in stocks may be the answer you're looking for. Dream Trades Monthly Alerts makes it super easy for beginners and those who simply just don't have the time or the desire to spend hours researching what stocks to trade. Dream Trades Monthly Alerts removes the guesswork from which stock to pick by providing you with a monthly in-depth analysis of a very high-profile stock. The research is done for you. You get in-depth research, a full report each and every month. And in the last year, Dream Trades has gotten 100% return on investment for everyone following the reports. Because you're a listener of the How to Trade It podcast, we're giving you a code for $25 off a one-year subscription. Check it out at dreamtrades.com. All you got to do is click on monthly alerts and use the coupon code podcast to get the $25 off. Again, just go to dreamtrades.com and select monthly alerts, then use the coupon code podcast. Now, when you're running these multiple strategies and one strategy stops performing, you'll turn it off, but then do you continue to monitor that strategy? And then if it performs better later, do you turn it back on? Yes, that's what I do. In some exceptional cases, I really throw into the waste paper some strategies if I personally don't believe in these any longer, or if I see that they are very choppy, one month up, one month down, and so on. So I know they are not going nowhere. So I might decide to just throw them out the basket. But I have a number of workspaces with all my strategies saved on these. And every month, all the strategies deliver their performance. And this is what I put into the software to be analyzed. How many strategies are you running on a monthly basis? 
that's very variable depending on the month. It goes from 30, I might say, up to 80 sometimes. Wow. And this is probably, you might not be able to answer this, but if you're running like 80 strategies, how many of them would be profitable for that month? Let's say next month you decide to crank out 80 strategies. How many of those 80 are going to be profitable? Hopefully the most of them, (laughs) but normally I can't tell you really how many of these are profitable. It's very hard to tell. Right. I'm interested in the mix because I only measure the outcome, the monthly outcome. I never look at the single strategies. That may be a bit lazy guy, maybe. I should probably run a deeper analysis each month. But once I put the rules in there, I don't want really to mix my discretionary feeling with those rules which prove to work, you know. So I don't count how many produced money, how many lost money. For me, it's important that they cooperated the best way possible so that they probably got out with a decent equity line, which did not cause to me too much psychological problem, you know, too strong drawdowns, too strong volatility and so on. So earlier you had mentioned about the consistency of the markets based on how efficient a market is. Because of that, it seems like the market that you're trading is one of the most important decisions when you're running a strategy. Is that accurate? Yes, of course. This is more true when you look at beginners. I mean, I suggest to develop on the E-mini S&P 500 because when you find something there which works, that's most likely to keep on working. But I also stress the importance of diversification. So I stress the importance of developing on a number of markets. And I normally trade all the futures which have decent volumes, which are available. Of course, less efficient markets, more volatile markets, we might have uh, worse surprises sometimes. But just let's have an example at cryptocurrencies, for example. These are new and certainly not efficient markets today. Yet on these markets, if you go inside with a very basic breakout approach, like the ones which worked in the 80s when the turtle traders were making money with experiments of Ron Dennis, and it worked. The only question mark is how long is it working and how can I manage it to use the fluctuations of the income? But it would be silly to stay out of these markets just because they are not efficient. They offer a great opportunity today with their inefficiency. The only question mark is how long is it behaving this way, the way I'm taking advantage tomorrow and I'm taking advantage of the moves. And this question is hard to answer, of course. So the only way is, again, to put some rules in advance and say, once this and that is no longer there, I will stop or I will put some changes in my routine. As the market matures, becomes more efficient, as you had said, then it probably won't be as erratic. And in the crypto case, that is one of the reasons why it has created such good gains. Exactly. Because today, the lack of efficiency leads to enormous moves once some levels are exceeded. So you find yourself in a great trend, but because the market is not efficient, the market doesn't know exactly where it should be. So it moves and it keeps on moving, pulled by the players in the market. On efficient markets, this is much more difficult. And that's why on the E-mini S&P, you won't find good breakout strategies to work, at least on smaller timeframes. If you go on a long run, it's a different story. But it's much more effective to find counter-trend strategy because I could say, the prices dense around mean values. So there might be a trend, an uptrend, of course, in our case, because indexes are on an uptrend. But you find out prices are just dancing around this mean value, which is going up. It's better to enter when it's, the dance is on a lower part and to wait till it jumps up again in this case. What is not easy to detect on an inefficient market, just 
on Bitcoin, you don't know, for example, when the law is a reasonable law or if it will fall again or and just not sit in a breakout because you believe it with the retracing. You can't tell that. On the immediate, SMP is much, much easier in this case. Earlier, when you were discussing automated strategies, you mentioned the term Monte Carlo simulation. Can you explain what that is and how someone can use that to their advantage? Uh, I don't want to frighten anybody. Carlo simulation is something where you try, the way I used it, to create more scenarios from a limited number of... So I have one strategy and I have one history, of course, but I try to see if something changed to the same strategy, what happened. So just uh, scrambling up the history of the trades, if trade number one came as number 11 and trade number two came as number 15, what would have happened to my strategy? How would the equity line look like in that case? So scrambling up, I don't really scramble. I randomly pick a trade out of a history and I can do this uh, all the time. So actually I could even pick uh, 10 times the worst trade or the best trade. And I build these new histories, these new equity lines, 1,000 or 5,000. So I have a whole bunch of different histories based on the same trades that we had at the beginning. And these trades somehow should reflect the market or the strategy that I built. But the different histories can lead to completely different outcomes for the drawdown, of course. Because imagine you get all the losing trades in a row. So you will get a huge drawdown. While if you have 10 losing trades in your history and you get each of them after 50 profitable trades, your drawdown will be close to nothing because you have just a small step down and then you start getting it. But if all 10 come together, you have a drawdown. So the drawdown changes depending on the order trade. And building a number of different scenarios tells me what could actually happen to my drawdown. So I have a thousand or 5,000 different drawdowns to monitor, to analyze and to see how they could affect my trading. And what could happen? I mean, I say, okay, look, in a different order, I could have experienced this kind of drawdown at least in 10% of the cases. So it's up to me to decide if I want to accept it or not. That depends then on my risk approach, of course. Are you tired of feeling lost in the world of trading and investing? Get informed and inspired with the Talking Trading Podcast. I'm Louise Bedford, and I'll help you navigate the markets like a pro. Tune in each week and subscribe now at talkingtrading.com.au or on your favorite podcast app, or check out the link in the show notes. Talking Trading, this is how traders excel. So basically, it's a simulation software that tells you all of the different possibilities you could have, and that gives you information to help you decide if you want to run a strategy or different ways that you could run it. Yes. If you go back to the food analogy, you imagine you're having lunch and you start with starters, then you have some pasta, when some meat, and then sweets, coffee, and maybe some super alcoholic at the end. Okay. Now imagine you eat this in a different order. You start with the cognac and then you eat some sweet and then the meat and then the pasta. So you can imagine in how many cases you have some problems. <laughs> you have to run to the bathroom or things like that. And this is your risk. So you simulate, you say, okay, it's true that the mix-up created the risk, but this could happen. 
because for some reason I could go into some strange restaurant where they are serving this in a completely different order. So this is my risk. I accept it because I like that food or I decide it's too dangerous and I prefer to go for a pizza. So how does somebody get started running Monte Carlo simulations? And is it really necessary for someone to use automated trading? Do they have to do those? No, it's not necessary. I built my own tool on Excel. Again, I'm not a programmer, but I was able to do it. It's not rocket science. And there are also some tools online. Some software allow you to run analysis, Monte Carlo analysis, but it's not about Monte Carlo. My method is not linked to Monte Carlo. It's just one way to analyze one thing in the world history. What is important if you want to become an automated trader is, first of all, to commit yourself and then to get all the necessary tools, which are simulation software to build your strategies and to put your models together to analyze them, to build your portfolio. The Monte Carlo simulation is just one additional thing you could do, but it's something that you can easily avoid. What would you recommend would be a good like starter strategy, something really simple for traders to just get started with automated? Well, normally, I would say you should choose a software which is user-friendly in terms of programming, at least. I use uh, Multicharts, which has the language of TraceStation, but also TraceStation is good in that case. The programming language is very simple and they have plenty of examples. So just to get one of those uh, and then to build some very simple models of trading. For example, a model I use to define the type of market we have is to buy at the breakout of a high of yesterday and to sell at the breakout of a low of yesterday and to close at the end of the day. With this model, which is not a strategy, but applying this to a market on a daily basis, you find an equity line, which is probably not tradable, but the shape of this equity line is telling you if that market is well responding to trend following or not. So as I mentioned before, mean S&P is not good for trend following. If you apply this model to mean S&P, you find an equity line, which is a complete disaster. So you already have an answer. You say, I should not waste my time in looking for something trend following on this market because this market is an enemy of trend following. So I better put my efforts, for example, on crude oil, which is normally better responding to trend following. So to start with simple concepts, this is very important because there is nothing really complicated in the scripts to use. When we talk about algorithmic trading, sometimes we are afraid of the complexity, but the complexity is not really there. Once you have the right scripts in your hands, you can put them together and you can play with them, discovering what the markets are telling you without taking really too much care about the scripts themselves. So when you said that you would recommend with a model, basically that's a simple idea and then you test that idea and then if it shows some promise, then you then work on that idea and develop it into a strategy. Yes. If I see that I get a promising outcome on the very basic approach, then I can refine that to get something which is tradable. Tradable means that the results are acceptable in terms of uh, covering all the costs that we have with trading. Not only the commissions, because of course we do pay commissions, but also the slippage we might experience in the markets, which might be expensive. So every market, depending on the volatility and the big point value, has a level of uh, minimum average trade to get in your strategies to say, okay, I can manage it. If, for example, you try to, the, to trade the crude oil future I mentioned before, and your strategy has a $60 average trade, I would strongly recommend to avoid trading it because you will probably end up losing money because $60 are not enough, in my opinion, on crude oil. At least I would say 150 but even something more would be better. 
to their starting trading it. So that basic model that you just shared where you buy a high of the previous day, that model is a good one to start, but you have to find out which markets it would actually work on because it won't work. Yes, on but very simple. Just put it on any market, which is a work of five minutes, and you look at the equity lines, you immediately discover which markets are better shaped for a better model. I can tell you, gasoline future, that's working very well on bet. So if you want to work on trend following, you can start on gasoline. Okay, very interesting. Well, this has been really insightful and I appreciate you breaking this down. I've been asking a lot of questions because I've just been taking notes. And when you say something, I'm like, okay, I want to ask him a question about this. And now I want to ask him a question about this. So I, you really did a great job of answering my questions. And I feel like I have a much better understanding of automated trading than I did when we first started. And so I know the listeners are going to get a great value out of it as well. Can you, you're the four-time trading champion. You're trading a lot. Are you doing anything right now to help traders or any kind of education or services for traders to help them get a grasp on all of these things? Yes, I do. I wanted to do it. And I was also sort of compelled to do it. When I signed up for my first championship in um, World Cup Trading Championships in 2008, I did so because I believed I could win that thing. And that would help me in getting out there and teaching about trading because I wanted to become a professor at the university once I graduated. So it was a sort of a desire I had. And then I applied this to, to trading. And after that, uh, I was, I say, compelled because there was an increasing demand of sharing my approach with aspiring traders or people who wanted to know more about automated trading and so on, or at least my method of trading. So that's the reason why we started in 2015 in the Ungar Academy. In the Ungar Academy, you find actually what I do I mean, I don't mean that is the only working method in the world. Uh, it proved to work because I got the results and my students do. But for sure, there are other things that can work as well. But this is what worked for me and what worked for a lot of people. So I believe it's a way to approach trading that can help all guys who want to get rid of a portion of stress, which is related to trading. Because when you build your strategies, you don't have the stress of making decisions during the market moves. And to all people who want a higher degree of freedom during the market's activity, because I'm talking to you here now, but my strategies are running in this moment on a cloud server, so everything is automated. And to everybody who wants to measure what's out there, people who would like to understand how markets move. So this is all you can find, I believe, I hope, in the Ungar Academy. By the way, before doing anything, I would let you know that there is a possibility to attend a free webinar where I talk a bit more about my experience, my approach, my start, my disasters at the very start as a trader and so on. And in this webinar, I will also express uh, in a more complete way why I chose automated trading and why I suggest to choose automated trading to anybody approaching the market. Maybe you can put the link on the description of the podcast once you publish it. So the it's a one-hour training. It's a webinar, completely free. I recommend everybody go and get this. This kind of experience and education just is not available basically anywhere at all. And the value is tremendously high for someone that wants to be successful in trading. And so the link is https colon forward slash A-U-T-C dot pro forward slash how to trade it. And so that link will be in the description. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you listen, or if you're on the How to Trade It website, 
you will be able to get that link. And so I recommend that you click the link and you sign up and you get this training. It's absolutely free because just from this conversation that we've had, I've learned a lot and I want to learn a lot more. And so this is where to go to learn more. So thank you so much for this time today, Andrea. Very useful, very helpful. I really appreciate you sharing with us. Yeah, thanks, Casey. Uh, just one more thing I want to say. I mean, I think you grasp it throughout the speech we had. There is no free lunch, of course. I mean, uh, trading, there is no secret to build uh, your castle in the highlands uh, with your income from trading, uh, which will be revealed uh, neither in the webinar nor in any other part of the world, because there is no real secret of making money. There is just a matter of commitment, study, hard work. And so... One important thing is that I suggest to anybody who wants to approach, they have to have a sort of a passion. They want to do it because they like the idea of understanding the markets and trading the markets. If somebody goes there just to make easy money, then I believe they are in the wrong place. Unfortunately, I don't think they will be finding what they're looking for. I agree with that. And that's great wisdom to end with because you got to want it and you got to put your effort in. There is no such thing as a free lunch. I totally agree with that. Well, thank you again, and that is it for this episode. Thank you all for listening, and once again, please go and check out that link that we have in the description. Get that one-hour training. It's going to be well worth your time. Thank you, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, everybody. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the How to Trade It podcast. Our mission is to help you create security in the markets. If you have a question you want me to ask my guests or a specific question you have for me, please email me at podcasttradingstrategyguides.com. I answer every email I get because this show is about helping you learn how to trade it. So again, please reach me at podcasttradingstrategyguides.com. Thank you. For tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time.